It does not stop, dude. Welcome back to another episode of Cynical Optimist, I guess. Uh, episode 103, man. And we're back, dude. You know, we, we I, I come, I bring it to you every week. That's what I'm going to be here. Um, What's good? You know, how are you? <laughs> dude, I'm mere weeks away from this Blink concert. I couldn't be more excited. We got the hotel room booked. You know? Um, now, you know, the last time in Houston was a little... It's a little iffy, maybe I don't know. We we had our uh, had our daughters with us, so it was very it was a lot, you know. So maybe now it's just me and the wife. Maybe Houston won't be such a um, a hassle, if you will. But like, dude, I don't know. It was like uh, there was like a vibration there that like I think oh you only get in bigger cities. I mean, like the city I live in is you know not as big, but there it's just like you. It just kind of feels like you have to be more alert. Obviously, there's more fucking people there's more you know what i mean like if you, if it's two people in a room you're like there's only so many possibilities of what could happen in said room but now add like i don't know six million it's like they're the 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 endless amounts of of chaos that could happen <clears throat> are never ending and i guess that's why you know the city kind of works on a, a vibration if you will but anyways man um So at this point, we know now a, l- a little little side update on the the submarine thing. I know we talked about it last week. I just want to give a quick update on it. They are gone. They are dead now. And you know, I'm not trying to say jokingly, but you know they it's it's over. Um, I think now that they they said that like the the submarine most likely imploded. Maybe there's like a crack. Or something, and then the pressure of the water just took it. Which I hope, for their sake, that's what happened. You know what I mean? It's it's a, it's a way easier way to go if it kind of was quick or painless. Maybe other than like running out of oxygen, trying to fight each other inside this small tube, you know, casting stones, be like, it was you, motherfucker, with this dumbass. You know what I mean? Like talking to the CEO of the guy, be like, you fucking dumb motherfucker, you fucked us all. This Logitech controller. Couldn't even shell out for a fucking Xbox controller, you know. So, although it is uh, a tragedy for these people, because look, at the end of the day, regardless of their annual income, they are humans. They are people, you know. And it's it's crazy how our culture it's 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 like for our viewing pleasure, we get to watch, you know, people's worst moments and then comment on them. Which you know, this is half this podcast, but uh. It's crazy because now all these people are coming out to be like, these people went to go see the Titanic. Do you want to know the, the uh, th- like, there was three rich men on this on this vessel and they disappeared. You know what also happened with the Titanic? Three rich men went missing. And, you know, there's all these conspiracies of how, like, they they purposely sunk the Titanic because a lot of the rich people going from Europe to New York or whatever were, like, on this ship. And so they sunk, like a lot of wealthy people on there and uh you know so here they go people go like i mean look there are connections to i think the wife of the ceo i think she's the great granddaughter of these two uber rich people that were on the titanic one of them the woman who was like a co-owner of macy's uh the other guy i forgot because my my attention span to videos is very short. I go like, let me take this info, eat it, and regurgitate it to people at half volume, you know? So <laughs> so anytime I hear something, if you're interested in what I'm saying, go research it, dude. Because I'm telling you, I spit like the most skewed inf- facts back, okay? But anyways, th- there's all these comparisons about the Titanic and the people who sunk on that. And then these people going... Um, just, you know, word of advice for for the next, I don't know, the, the the amount of time you're alive. Don't do shit like this, you know? I mean, dude, there's times where, look, I can't talk because, like, I, I have been on things that I'm like, this really shouldn't be a thing. Like, I was in, um, when I was living in El Paso, my sister came to visit us uh, and, oh, really visit me, and... We we went to the, the she had resources place in I want to say it was almost near New Mexico or it was in New Mexico, and it was it was to get to the top of this sort of like um, I guess 
I wouldn't call it a mountain because it's not a mountain. <laughs> what, what do you call something that's like, it's a very high rock elevation. I don't know, whatever. Anyways, but to get up there, it's it's on a cable car, basically. Like, it's a it's a cable shuttle, if you will. And to get up there, you know, you, you load people in. And it it's like a lift. That's what I'm trying to say. It's like a lift, okay? Opposite of, you know, for snowboarders where it's just a seat, this is like a glass encasement with seats and you can sit and as you go up you see all the rock formations you see, you see nature it's great but also it's man-made it's possible to fuck up and that's fucking scary so I'll, I'll get in i mean dude you go to the carnival and you're risking death there too you know i mean like everybody wants to talk about how like they wouldn't have done the, this it's like yes true but there is a lot of other shit we do that is all in the same possibility to, to happen to us you know and um so I was in this lift and I was like, dude, you know, it's me. My whole thing is like, I, I once heard this pro skateboarder, Jeff Rowley, say when he skates a spot, he thinks of the worst thing that could happen and it almost motivates him. And so I kind of took what he's done since I heard that. I literally have taken what he does and I go like, this is the worst thing that could happen now that I know that. OK, like now I, I guess it's like, don't be shocked when it happens or like, don't be you know, there's no surprises because these are the worst things that can happen. And although it is kind of fucked up to think, you know, I guess when with him, it's like he's skating the spot. He's like, yeah, I could fucking fall backwards, hit my head, fucking blood everywhere. Okay, that's the worst thing. Okay. And kind of move that fear out of the way. That's kind of what I do when it comes to like a lot of other things like that, where it's like, okay, this cable could snap. We could fall to our death and a glass box be shattered and be cut to pieces by this glass. It's fucked up. I know. But it's also the thing of like, but if it happens, I cannot be surprised. And so, you know, we went on this lift and um, I was pretty freaked out. But it was like, fuck it. Like, we, let's get to the top of the thing. But when you when I, we got to the top, it was fucking nice. It was and it's so crazy how the the how vast like land really is. When we, when we got to the top, a lot of New Mexico and El Paso was kind of, you know, it's flat. It's desert. It's and and dude, you could see for miles how it's just flat. And then what the crazy thing is too, you saw rain clouds like moving, you saw rain falling. It was it was fucking beautiful, I gotta be honest. It was like one of the one of the things I've seen in my life that was like if I could just sit up here when I had an issue or a problem, I'd be like, I could do this, you know? And so I think at times a lot of people we don't think that like, oh, we wouldn't go underwater in this vessel, but it's like yeah, but you're the same guy saying like, "Oh, I wouldn't buy a Ferrari if I if I if I could." Like, bull fucking shit, you would do it if you had the quiche. You would fucking buy a Ferrari just cause. If you had so much money that buying a Ferrari wouldn't hurt you, you would do it. And then you would have to get smacked by somebody because you can't say shit of like, "Oh, fucking idiots paying two hundred fifty thousand dollars to get in that." It's like, yeah, but these guys got money. Two hundred fifty thousand is nothing for an experience, you know. I'm not blaming, I don't know, it's, it's, it was all an accident, it sucked, you know what I mean, it fucking sucked, but for somebody to say, like, I wouldn't have done that, it's like, yeah, yeah, you actually would have, Tyler, you would have, because you don't have the money to do so, you don't have the means or the, 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 the know, the people to know to go off and do this shit, but if you did, you'd be fucking exploring, and, I mean, dude, even if people remotely get money, the first thing they, they say, like, you ask people, like, you win the lottery, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, you travel. Go in an airplane, go to a different country, don't know the language, you know, fucking don't know the food. You're going to do all that shit. It's not in the realm of impossibility to be like, I'm going to hop in a fucking tube and go to the bottom of the ocean to see a boat that sank. It's like, it's different tax brackets, dude. You know what I mean? Like, you can only do what your means will allow you to do, you know? And... I mean, like I said, dude, you, going to a carnival is risky enough, dude. I once got on a ride called the Zipper. By the way, change that fucking name. I don't know why it's called the Zipper, but it's the Zipper. You know, every time I thought about it, I was like, is it supposed to be like? Because the only zipper I know is the fucking one in between my jeans, and so I'm like, is it what? What is it? Zipper, as in just like, oh, he's a real good kid. He's a zipper. He is. You know, like. Was that ride invented so long ago that it was like, oh, look at this ride. We'll call it the zipper. Like, it'll be great, you know. And Or is it just because this is like when you zip up your jeans. I don't know. I'm a whatever. So I got on this ride. The fucking, it, it, you go in a cage with somebody in a very confined space, a lot like a submarine. 
and you and a friend or maybe a date you took there are sitting in here and you're going for a ride and you're spinning around and what looks to be sheet metal on the outside? I mean, who put this together? Is there a company who specifically makes carnival rides and tests them to to work? Like, where's that documentary at? Dude, are we just going to parking lots of a fucking movie theater and going like, I trust you? Or the parking lot of abandoned malls and being like, put me in that. Or the parking lots of uh, what used to be like uh, a fucking, what do you call it? A Toys R Us then becomes a, what, what's that other the Halloween store and then becomes the fucking site for carnival and be like, I trust every single person here, even though y'all move city to city, this is what your main source of income is. Put me in this bitch and let's have fun. No dude. As soon as I found out like carnival rides could just be as fucked up. I'm like, I don't really want to do this anymore. Like I will go to like a six flags to like a sea world, whatever. Cause at least, at least they have to have inspections. Sure. Bad shit happens there too. They're not excused, but it's still like I, they have to be inspected, right? They gotta be. Versus the traveling carnival that it's like the guy, you know what I'm saying? He's got a he's got a wheat. He's got a stick of wheat in his teeth, and you're like, hey man, like you want to like push more than a button? You want to make sure everything's going right? He's all like, yeah. Well, hold on, let me get shakes a can of WD forty. Yeah, that'll do it. It's like that'll do it. I don't know, man. So I'm up on this ride, I'm on the zipper, and the cage opens. Now, there is a <laughs> there is a metal bar that is holding me and my friend in place here. No seatbelts, no buckles. So the metal cage opens, and I'm like, holy fuck, dude. And by the, you know, if you know anything about the zipper, you're in a like it's an outline of what a human body would look like sitting in a chair. So it's a very odd-shaped looking you know cage that you're in and there's no seatbelt so me and my friend are holding on to the bar we're putting pressure on the bar so that we don't fall over the other side of the bar and we're yelling dude we're like hey you fuck the cage is open now i didn't use that language then but that you know i was saying that after the cage had opened because this guy his only other job besides pushing the button to make this thing go is also ensuring the cage is locked with you know one of those one of those janky little uh uh those restroom stall locks it's like god dude the whole thing's a racket you know but because it's only like 10 bucks a pop for a person families go and be like this is the best thing it's the most like it's like do you not have a lot of money but you want to have a lot of fun come here well you know and then uh, the the rides are just <laughs> Yeah, they're put together by fucking toothpicks. Like, there's a meme where it's like, uh, it's like a, it's like that stall door lock. You know which one I'm talking about? Where you get the lift, slide, and lock. <laughs> and there was a meme back when the government, the IRS, was giving us what twelve hundred bucks or something. <laughs> and uh, the meme is, you know, uh, it was like the government giving me twelve hundred dollars. Uh, to cover my bills for four months or three, however long it was, and inside the lock was a fucking Cheeto, and then and then on the outside of the uh, outside of the door, it's like a SWAT team with a, a what do they call it, like a door ram, and the in the in the the text over the door ram was like my my bills or whatever. You know, I thought it was hilarious, like it was great. And that's what all these rides are held to, together with is fucking like like hot Cheeto fucking locks and stuff. So. Um, so yeah, dude, I don't think as much as people want to play these people as being idiots, like rich idiots, I, 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 now, you know, this is cynical off is what we do at first. I'm like, they are idiots. And then, you know, your boy was like, as time goes on, I have more time to, to sit with the story. I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I think we would have all done this. We're just not in those, the area of means to really like, to, uh, to think we won't. Right. Uh, what's that? Who says it? Chris Rock, you're only as faithful as your options. Dave Chappelle, whoever said it. But that's the realest thing when people are like, I'm faithful. Yeah, but if you had a billion dollars, you know, you were decent looking and, and women knew who you were. Are you really going to stay faithful and marry that whole time? Or is are your are your options so much more open now and the loyalty is out the door, right? So same thing. You're like, oh, I wouldn't do that even if I was rich. It's like. But you would, dude. I mean, like, how many people die in, like, car crashes 
uh, in like Ferraris and all this because they don't know how to drive them because it's not an everyday car. It's a rich guy's car. And it's almost like these these gatekeepers at these companies like uh, Ferrari or whatever, like you can't just go into a Ferrari dealership and get one. You have you got to have a list. They got to trust you. You get, you know, it's this whole fucking thing. It's a whole different level. We're definitely not accustomed to. So it's a different it's a different lane. And it's just crazy because me and my wife will be talking about like, man, do you see how people like, look, some of them are funny. I got to say it is fucking hilarious to see like how creative people can be on memes but at the same time it's like dude one day god forbid you're in a situation not similar to this but something where it makes national news and you could just watch people tear you apart you know and and to the families who are watching that shit it's crazy man you know pray to god i'm never on a fucking you know like complex using like the high school photo of me i'm like jesus there's other photos, man. Well, actually, I, I was kind of shredded in high school. Not shredded, but just I wasn't, you know, bigger than I am now. <laughs> That's what I consider shredded. And, um, yeah, you know, it, it's it's unfortunate, man, that they passed. But to say that, like, you wouldn't do that. Come on, dude. Stop fucking around. You're, don't be, don't play that game. All right? You would buy the Rari. I mean, dude, we would all, I guarantee you, I know at least my group of friends, we blank check the whole situation. And you know I've talked about blank check, and you know if you're the age of 35 and under, you know about blank check. Maybe if you're 42, not 42, but 40 as well, uh, you would know about this movie where it's like, yeah, dude, as soon as the kid got, as soon as the cash hit this kid's hand, dude, he went and he spent that shit. We would too. It's because, you know, now we have money to do whatever it is we want, so we're going to go off and do whatever we want. That's why most people who win the lottery do die or get murdered because that type of amount of money in, in somebody who's never had it, it's just, it's way too much to handle. You know what I mean? We're all carrying decent weights around and then all of a sudden a ton of bricks hits you of, of, of uh, you know, money and you have a whole new set of problems because, you know, a lot of people might think that money belongs to them as well because they know you or whatever. So it's a whole different, it's a whole different thing, dude. And the, and then these people, I'll say in some way earn their money and, um, so, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I just think it's kind of ridiculous for people to think that that they wouldn't, you know, be in that submarine as well. Have you guys heard this term of, um, I know you have, I just got to ask because, you know, that's what we do here on the pod. But have you heard of this uh, this idea that like certain foods knock off like time off your life dude like and at first like being younger i would just hear that information i'm like damn there goes three minutes right there off a fucking french fry like one french fry and like so first off you know my question is how do they get these numbers where where, who the fuck is doing this like if we have some sort of internal clock that like they're seeing and anytime somebody eats a french fry they go like look you just shaved off three minutes it's like dude like what are we doing with this, with this information? Like, what, uh, so what brings this up is I heard this, I forgot what it was. It was like a study or something that said hot dogs, right? <laughs> hot dogs that are served all across America take off. Literally, I think it was like three hours or something. <laughs> it's so specific of a time, dude. How do you get it to three hours plus? I mean, look. If that's true, then you must know when everybody must die, right? To be like, okay, you're 15 now. But if you ate like 15 glizzies, that math is like, what, uh, 45 hours gone off your life? Okay. So it's kind of hard to be like, but a 15-year-old be like, 45 hours, that ain't shit. Like, I'll do that. Like, nothing, you know? But it's like, just imagine, like, he's supposed to die at 70 but now he's dying at 69 shy of 45 hours. I don't understand where we come up with this science. Like, look, I think it all started with, with smoking. Smoking was like the, when they had this whole campaign of like smoking takes 11 minutes. One cigarette can take 11 minutes off your life. It's like, dude, 11 minutes isn't that bad. I mean, really, when somebody tells you they're, they're 10 minutes away, you feel like that. They're, they're, they really mean like I'm five minutes away. When somebody says they're five minutes away, they're really a minute away, you know? But a true 10 minutes is kind of long. And uh, also, even if you present those facts, dude, because this is America, 
Um, you present those facts. People don't give a shit, dude. They're doing so much way. Dude, I'll watch somebody pound and like, I'll, like I've always bring this up because I'll never get this combination in my mind that somebody drank and ate in the morning powdered donuts and a monster energy drink. Now, that's got to take off at least a week. I mean, fuck, man. I mean, your body's got to be like, I don't even know what you're putting in, in, in this. Like, I don't even wouldn't. Uh, fuck, I can't talk. I don't know what you're even putting in me at this point, fam. Pause. All right. I'm talking about food here going inside the body of a man. Um, but I saw that and then I'll never forget that shit. Cause I'm like, dude, it's 9am. It was earlier than that. Actually, it was probably like eight something, but I mean, dude, that combination has, because that's like two of the worst shits ever going inside your body and to be consumed as food. That's fucking insane to me. So I don't know where they get off with this idea that like, um, certain foods will just take a, a, very specific increment of time off your life. I, I'm really interested on in finding out like who's doing this, who's got the math down to a science, but I don't know, man. Like I just find it hilarious how they like, they <laughs> will tell you this information, but it's like, you don't know when I'm going to die, dude. Like, and look, and the argument to stay healthy, right? Uh, a lot of out of shape people do this or people who don't want to change their lifestyle right at the moment and feel judged. They'll say, yeah, all that working out and everything to be hit by a bus, you know, you could die tomorrow and it's, and what, I didn't enjoy my life. I didn't eat enough canes or I didn't eat enough fucking Nathan's hot dogs. Like, so there's always that argument of like, I could do the right thing. I could be healthy, but I'm still going to die. Right. Uh, and that's true. Essentially. I mean, I'm not one to really be like, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not one to really care about that. I just kind of, you know, watch what I, I try to watch what I eat don't eat a lot of it and just moderation. But when I, you know, when they start, I feel like this is like a, at some point, I feel like they're swaying us to, to not eat something or like maybe there's a shortage. So they're like release information that hot dogs, if you eat too many hot dogs, cause there's going to be a shortage coming up, it'll take three hours off your life. Some people who are weird and freaks are like, Oh my God, I'm never going to eat another hot dog again. They're not, they're never going to be glizzy gladiators, but you know, I, I think like, what, like, why would you even tell us? It's not like it's going to, I mean, how much have they tried to stop people from smoking? How much dollars, real dollars have been into people smoking? I think it's, it's like anything, like, you know, if you've had too much of something, you have to chill, right? Like, you just know that. And some people find their point where they're like, I don't want to smoke anymore. I'm going to try to quit smoking. And, um, and some are like, no, I'm going to do this to the day I die. And they end up actually dying. So, you know, at some point you can't, you can't be laid up in the hospital, you know, from smoking and being like, damn, I should have quit. No, you, you knew what you were doing. All right. So when somebody guzzles, like, I don't know, a thousand hot dogs, like there's those fucking Nathan's hot dogs eating contests, they got to know that shit's not good for them. I mean, you've got to, you've got to like, I don't know, make those, uh, you have to accept those facts that like, what you're eating is going to be bullshit. And it's hilarious sometimes because um, in my group chat with all my friends, th there was this fight we had. And I think it was hilarious because, well, we didn't, it wasn't a collective fight. Others were watching, but there was a consensus of, you know, oh, if you eat that, you, you know, you <laughs> I, let, let me, let me, let me put an asterisk by this real quick. Every single one of my friends, including myself, we are out of shape. All right. We are, we are not, the size we used to be in high school, but we're not, you know, completely obese and overweight, like incapacitated from weight. We're not, but we all love good food. We love the food that comes with the good times. We love all that shit. All right. Some of us like a little bit of booze, uh, with the food. Some of us like, like to do a little, little nightcap with some ice cream. It's all good. No judgments. But the funny thing is <laughs> when one person judges another person about what they eat and how much you know they're working it's like hey guys and they know this this is nothing new to them we all suck <laughs> at that like getting in shape and trying to eat right it is bullshit you know like it's tough dude it's it really is because you you 
it's either you completely change your life in eating or you completely change your life in like exercise. And I don't think any one of my friends, including myself, when I say all this shit, is ready to do so. I mean, we all have pretty you know strenuous jobs uh, to to the point where you're like, I just want to eat because I'm hungry and I kind of don't care what it is. I just need to eat for the sustenance and we just do that. And it's fine. And that's what a lot of people do. Um, but it was just funny to be like, we, none of us here can talk about being any sort of, any sort of achievement in health or in, in diet or exercise. So I just, I find it funny when we do that. But when, when they release these, uh, like, dude, how are you not going to, if you're going to release that info about whatever hot dogs, tell me how much a fucking yoga mat takes off my life. Because I, when you go to subway, you're eating a little bit of a yoga mat. You know, and it's bullshit and they're fake ass tuna. You know what? Why can't you release shit like that? It'd be like eating Subway. We'll take this. One. Like if you're going to do it for one, do it for all of them. Give me the breakdown. And if that's true, then everybody at all times in every moment of life is dying, is shaving off moments of their life. Because not everybody's fucking eating a handful of carrots and celery and, and apples and fruit. You know what I'm saying? Like they're. They're going to eat hot Cheetos and guzzle Fanta, dude. That's just what it is. It's like, because that's like fun food. <laughs> you know, it tastes it tastes good and it's bad because of all the right reasons. You know, you got your sugars, you got your fats. But to to think that like people are going to quit eating. I mean, look, if if they want us to be real, I mean, go after the fucking companies. Go after the people who are making this shit. But you won't and they can't. There's too much money involved in that. So they try to bring you the awareness like. I I always found it kind of weird where like when people like Joe Rogan's a big big advocate for people to get healthy and to exercise and all that stuff. I'm like, I get that. I do. You want people to be mentally, physically okay and better. He's he's just putting out the cry. But at the same time, it's like, dude, imagine trying to get millions of people to stop eating hamburgers and pizza. That's that sounds nuts. Like. I, I mean, I feel like 10 out of 10, you, you put pizza in front of somebody, like, would you like to go, would you like to eat this pizza, or would you hit the Stairmaster and not stop till you hit 5,000 steps? I mean, if that's what it takes to, to like, work off a whole pizza, you know, 5,000 steps on the Stairmaster continuously, I guarantee you people are like, oh, I'm going to eat this fucking pizza, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, dude, because that's, that's the choice always, and it, it always amazed me that he... Um, He'd be like, people need to get healthy. And they, I was like, dude, people are going to do what they're going to do. Maybe I'm a defeatist at this point because, you know, I've seen and I've been a part of so many situations where, like, you want somebody to get healthy. You want somebody to be better. Dude, honestly, I think people have their breaking point. People have their their stop sign in their life where they're like, okay, this is where I turn around now because any further. Like, it has to be, like, forced change never works, dude. You have to, like, let people kind of make up or, or get to the conclusions themselves of what could happen if they continue their lifestyle or if they continue doing whatever bad thing is happening to them. You got to let them find it. Same with, you know, drug addicts, man. Like they got to want to quit. They got to see that they've hit a bottom and that they need to change. Like they, they saw the end of the road and it's pretty much death or jail or whatever for drug dealers or not drug dealers, but drug users. And so, you know, it, food is like a drug, man. You got to like find that point and instead and with me instead of finding a point which but there is a time where I go like oh fuck I need to chill like I've been enjoying myself too much like like and this is what me and my wife do all the time we're like we're enjoying you know if we go out of town it's whatever you have to enjoy all the amenities out there but if it's you're at home and you're and you're eating too much a good there's there's a point where you're like okay I I gotta chill this is this is a bit much you know (laughs) but look you got to find that place for yourself with all this shit. And, and yeah, you can know that info of like hot dogs take three hours off your life, but you know, fucking, if you're not eating a hot dog every goddamn day, what's, what's three hours to like, you've had it once in a while, you know, especially if it's a fucking, I got to say, we used to have a Nathan's hot dogs here and I miss that shit so much. Cause now all we have, I mean, look, I'm a, I'm in a small city. So the options are very, very few to like for for convenience sake and just to pick something up but um now all we have is a fucking uh wiener stencil which is like god damn it dude wiener stencil it's good when it's good but it's still like it feels it feels like (laughs) 
Like, my body is, when I have wiener stencil, my body's like, no, I'm going to fucking do this again, huh? Like, yeah, I know it's not, I don't, even if you go the all beef route or you go the Angus route, your body's still kind of like, oh, okay, you're going to put this in your fucking body, yeah? Yes, I'm sorry. And uh, speaking about wiener stencil, dude, the funny thing I can never get out of my head is a teacher I had once in high school wrote a paper that she said in college that said that wiener schnitzel is the equivalent a meal at wiener schnitzel is the equivalent of two days worth of your your daily nutrition so four thousand calories um and i was like oh fuck <laughs> but you know when you're a kid you're like yeah fuck it i don't care your metabolism's like like on the the best so you could eat wiener schnitzel not even think about it. you but i'm still kind of hungry but that information has not left my brain since. So even now when I go get wiener stencil, I'm like, well, this is possibly two days worth of my, of what I should actually be eating. But you know, I'm still going to fucking eat that thing. But look, I don't have it all the time. It's once in a while. Once in a while, it's pretty fucking good. I gotta say, especially when you get the kraut dog. But we used to have a Nathan's man. And I used to love that fucking spot, man. God damn it. Like, Whatever they're doing, they're doing it right, man. That's why they host the, the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest where you can watch people shovel. Those are the true glizzy gladiators, dude. They shovel that shit into their mouth with water, dude. God damn it. Like, because they don't want to, like, have the carbonation take up extra room in their stomach. They're, oh, my God, dude. And then, uh, see, this is the extreme. Then they had a, uh, at that same contest, they had, like, a uh, a lemonade chugging contest, dude. And that lemonade was so fucking misty due to the sugar in it. I think, dude, I don't even know how... The the fucking human body is pretty incredible. The shit you can put it through. (coughs) And it'd be like, okay, I'll fucking keep going tomorrow. Like, dude, these guys ate hot dogs. And then they, after consuming what most people would eat in a year, they go, (coughs) let me uh, guzzle was it two gallons worth of pink lemonade jesus man and these people were revered as like <laughs> some sort of fucking heroes or something not heroes but like oh my god if anybody looks up to these dudes like that sucks you know be better <laughs> don't do that you know but uh, you know what else are going to come out with the do- donuts takes off 10 hours off your life it's like yeah but people are still going to eat fucking donuts that's for sure Dude, God forbid they see. And you know, what's funny is like they never have anything really bad to say about coffee. There's always like new reports of like coffee uh, known to start one cup of coffee can treat Alzheimer's. One cup of coffee, uh, good for I forgot what they said. I don't know blood pressure, semen, one of those things. Coffee's always on the up, you know. But it's always like, but you can't get too geeked, dude. When I get too geeked, it's not a fun time. Like I love. There's a. Man, this is this sounds super drug addicty, but like there's there's a spot when you get a good cup of coffee. Like that's how I know I get a good cup of coffee because a lot of it just keeps me you know, like at a methadone level where I'm like, okay, I'm good. I had like I drank coffee today, but there's been once in a while you'll get a cup, dude, that just puts you in the life is good. And it's and it's what I assume. It's not what I assume. It's what I know. Kind of like Adderall feels like. So it'll have you on like an Adderall buzz for like an hour, and. uh and it just, dude, you feel good. You feel great about the day. You're positive. You're, it's, it's a nice, it's a nice feeling, dude. So that's, I mean, I'm, I am a drug addict when it comes to coffee. I'm always looking for that high. And when I get it, it's, it's possibly one of the greatest, greatest uh, moments I have. <laughs> dude, you know, I, um, I don't talk about this show a lot because, you know, it's, it's a good show. I just don't think it's like the greatest one out there. But I uh, I ended up finishing, and it took me a while. I think I just started it when the show wrapped on the season, but I finished Dave season three. And like, you know, one of the reasons why I liked the show in the beginning, I mean, dude, if you haven't seen Dave, give it a fucking a look. Because like, dude, the first season, I got to admit, it really kind of like, pulled you in and then you were you were hooked i mean it was out the out the gate it was a good show um like fucking did not think it was going where it was going when we when it first started and then you got season two which was equally just as good um 
And then season three, uh, you know, I reluctantly started it just because season two to three, I felt like took a long time, but a lot of shows did that. I know Atlanta did that, but when Atlanta, it was like two years before Atlanta dropped season three and then they dropped season four almost like immediately, like months later. And uh, that that was a great show. I mean, I think I talked about it already about finishing uh, finishing that uh, show on the pod. But Dave, although it's not finished, I I watched it and I I didn't I didn't have the best. You know, I was like, this might not be the greatest. But I honestly, you know, walked away from it being like that wasn't half bad. Like, and and not in the sense of like it was bad at all but it was just i i didn't see it going the way i thought it was gonna go and another thing that like i hate when shows do but i get it it's for the sake of it's for the sake of television is when like a character knowingly knows the right thing to do and they obviously do the wrong thing like i mean this you could tell the budget on this went way up dude they got so many fucking guest appearances on this motherfucker that even in the ending of it you're like holy shit like that's a huge get like i mean there's so many shows this guest star could have done and probably has denied the fact that they got this person which i won't tell i won't give any spoilers the fact that they got this person to do it at the end is fucking amazing honestly it's like I don't think they do a lot of TV shows or, I mean, and they've done a lot of like appearances on, on bigger movies. You think they would have a longer stay in, but anyways, so that was cool. That was cool to see. Um, but you know, on this season, they did a lot of the same. It was, it was good, but you know, I, I just, overall, I'd probably give it like a seven out of 10 and like, but just for my particular taste, I mean, I don't even know how it could be a better show. I think it's doing like a seven to me is like it's like five is mid, but seven to me is a little bit more midder. <laughs> and it's like it's a good show. I think they're doing everything right there. They've got the formula down. It's a, it's a good show. But yeah, I just finished it. Um, I don't know. See, and the thing is, like, it's such a, a, a just you're doing the right job kind of show that like. I'll wait again for season four. It's all good, dude. I'm not hyped right now currently on anything. Like, I feel personally not that it is what the what's going on, but I just feel like everything's just okay. Everything they're going to make right now. I mean, shit, dude, the submarine going down was probably the best fucking, you know, four days of, like, entertainment, you know? Because you're like, the clock is racing. These men have only hours to live, you know? When the documentary that already came out, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll say it, it'll have that British woman like, these men had mere hours of oxygen left to breathe. And then you come to find out like, oh, my fucking bad. As soon as they went underwater, about an hour later, that shit imploded, you know, and it's whatever. But so I don't know, man. I don't feel like uh, Marvel put out Secret Invasion. I was I was hyped, you know, when the announcement happened fucking eight years ago, you know. But now that I'm here, I'm like, okay, like, yeah, I'll get to it, man. I'll watch it. I don't know. Like I said, again, maybe too many options. You know, sometimes it's like it's cool that a lot of these franchises and, and character expansions are happening. But it also kind of feels like, yeah, nah, I'm good right now. Like, thank you. No, thank you. I mean, fucking, you're putting millions of dollars up to to give us entertainment. That's that's nothing to sneeze at. But it's also like, no, nah, I'll check. I'll check with you. I'll check back with you. You know. So, um, oh, dude, just uh, Theo Vaughn had come out and said that little dicky that show. Well, the show Dave, you know, created by little dicky, apparently has stealing has stealing has stolen some of uh, his jokes. I'm interested to see he didn't give like the specifics, which is like, dude, if you're going to say it, you're going to say that shit, like bring it up, have the receipts, be ready. Cause to be like, his answer was, you know what? Too many at this point. I'm like, okay, come on. Like, dude, you got to get a little bit more specific. You just can't. Cause joke thievery. I mean, dude, with the comics, it's big time, but 
that's not the only time though uh, there's been comedians that say like uh, they'll be like writers and producers of shows going into comedy clubs and stealing bits you know snl has been accused of it um because i mean dude imagine it's like you go to this sort of like this this library of ideas of people big or small i mean dude i've seen some small time comics uh like open micers have some killer fucking jokes like it's not my joke. I don't know who it belongs to. And, uh, oh, fuck. It was this kid. <laughs> the joke was, and I swear, I wish I could give credit, but the joke is he, he goes, yeah, I took a quiz. Uh, fuck, but hold on. Before I got to remember the punchline because it was, it was so, ah, fuck. I forgot the names. That's the thing of the... Okay, so I'm going to forget the punchline, but God damn it. Why even mention it now? Fuck it. I'm going to try to. Uh, fuck it. That's it. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Now I got it. I just... I had to, I had a panic and I made my fucking brain like, like search all the files in my brain. I threw a lot of birthdays out, dude, just to get this fucking... Um, just to get this, this joke. So this kid goes... He's an open micer, dude, and I think this is a great joke, but somebody could fucking steal this so easily as, like, a throwaway joke in a Family Guy episode. But the joke goes, I took uh, one of those quizzes about uh, which house you belong to in Harry Potter, you know, and I was hoping I'd get, like, Gryffindor or whatever. He goes, uh, but I, he's all, guess what house I got? And then everybody's like, what? He's like, I got house cleaning. Dude, and, I, and he was a Mexican dude, so I was like, that's fucking good, like, that was to me that was a great joke. I was and again I wish I could remember the kid. I don't, but that's that's a great joke. But if some if if a writer walks in to like an open mic show and he hear and he hears that he could easily take that. I mean, dude, so many people have done that. There was even there was even like I don't know, it, I don't think it's lore. I think it's fucking truth that like you could call Robin Williams. He had a hotline basically for people, comedians who would call in and either he would answer or he had an answering machine that basically was like, you could call me like, Hey, you stole my joke. And then he'd write you a check for said joke. Now, of course, this is like a thing that's just too fucking easy. Right? I mean, everybody knows Robin's killing it at this time, making tons of money off the movies. People just call in to be like, Hey, yeah, you, uh, you stole my joke. The one about my cat, you know, eating my leftovers. Yeah, that was my joke. Robin, and then he'd make out a fucking whatever fifty hundred dollar check, whatever, uh, and, and that's fucking insane, you know. But but now it's probably more. Uh, it's probably too easy to do to do that now, just because you have the the scope of the internet. People post their clips, and dude, I've heard a comedian say, "Do not post your open mic clips," and I gotta say, I fucking back that so much. There has been so many open mic comedians on my feed on my like for you page and i'm like it's not ready like don't do it man like what are you doing to yourself like you don't want that on like documented i feel like when it comes to comedy when you're trying to be funny trying to do a thing like that you you definitely got to get like try it out you know what i mean and again who gives a fuck what i say you can do whatever the fuck you want and you're most likely going to post your clips of but if i was doing the stand-up dude i i wouldn't even post until like i was like at least minimum three years in to five to be honest i mean unless i had like a reason to post promotionally like for a show or something okay but like dude like the first year just don't do it like i've seen so many where people are getting pity laughs and there's also some local comedians here dude that i'm like man (sighs) I heard a local comic in my city do a joke so not put together, so bad that I'm like, you should fucking delete this. Like, no, delete the whole page, bro. Because, but you know, everything lives on the internet. Somebody's already screen recorded. It's so bad. The the only way I can tell you is that this guy, he tells his premise. His premise has to do with like homosexuals. He then goes on to claim that he has sex with a guy and then delivers a delivers no punchline to to my opinion 
nowhere to be found. No fucking po- He's just talking. And then at the end of the, what, what I think is the end of the bit, he goes on to say, and don't come up, don't come up after, don't come up to me after the show. I'm not gay. Like, what, dude? <laughs> dude. It, the joke was horrible. And, and it was, it was not, it was not ready. Period. And so, so he posts his joke, and it looks like it's in a backyard or something. I don't know. Anyways, the the joke was so bad, and it was already bad. Like, he was already in the grave, okay? But it's like, you can be buried alive, sure. But he was like, no, 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 no. What I want to do is I want to slowly lose oxygen. So put a pound of dirt on me an hour. Because, dude, the way at the end when he was like, Oh, and I'm not gay, by the way. That was just for the joke. It's like, then why did you even say it? Like, so specific to be like, you were having sex with the You could say, like, your friend was having sex. Like, the, the guy does not know joke structure for shit. But, you know, all, what I'll give him is, like, congrats for going up on stage, trying to do comedy. I'm, I'm, I'm in support of that, for sure. Like, you got the balls to go up there, be in front of people, and try and give your, your best. Sure. But, like... Don't record it, you know, because I feel like that does so much more uh, harm than good. Like, look, doing this podcast, I did 10 episodes before I even like put it out that I had started a podcast only because I it was like trial and error. And I knew I, I was even pushing to like do 20, but I knew I know me. And what I would have done was like, OK, I did 20. Let me do 30 and then I'll post. I would have just kept on going and and. And I said, no, just do 10 and then announce it. Was it, I didn't think they were, my, my first 10 weren't that bad, but they weren't great. I was trying to get the hand, the handle on all this podcasting stuff. And I still am. I mean, like it, it's a never ending, like thing I'm trying to work towards, but because I got to be, I, I want people to, to, to listen. I want, you know, other people to say, hey, you should listen to this podcast. It's fucking good. And, you know, bring more listeners. That is ultimately in the end. It's not the it's not my motivation, but it would be it'd be a nice goal, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, cause I'll still do this, regardless of of listeners. I mean, fuck it. I mean, who, who's to say that I couldn't? You know. But in the beginning, I I did the ten, and I was like, okay, I, I have to put it out there that you know maybe just it's more motivation for people. Like, yeah, like keep going, whatever. And and maybe at some point I'll like take those episodes down. I don't know. It'd, it'd be cool to archive them or later on maybe put them behind a paywall or some some shit if people wanted to listen. If I get far enough in, into episodes, you know. But as of right now, they're up, they're there, and it's fine. I don't hate them. I think like I what I do now is like what, dude. Obviously, when I talk on the podcast, everything goes out my mind for the next week. I'm like I forgot what I talked. So sometimes I listen them back just to make sure. I didn't cover a topic I uh, I already covered. And sometimes it's going to happen. I mean, dude, like, if there is no limit to this, like, I'm going to talk about the same things over and over again. And I, and I already have. And it's fine, dude. I mean, week to week, shit changes. It's all good. But, yeah, dude, I don't think, personally, people should be posting their, um, their uh, what do you call it, their open mic clips. Like, just, just work. Just do it. If you really like comedy, I mean, you know, like... Uh, <laughs> It's dude. It's got to be something. My my homie just went and saw Sam Morell, and and, and uh, he was like, dude, he was up there. He was killing it. He was comfortable. And Sam Morell is a stand up comic that we both enjoy. Well, a bunch of my friends do. And he was saying he was uh, super comfortable. Like he worked the room. It was great. And it's like, yeah, like you, you see these dudes on their their own podcasts or maybe YouTube stand up specials. And you get the idea, but since you're seeing it through a screen, you kind of lose a, a connection there, right? So when he went to go see them, I, I had this idea and the feeling like, oh man, you're seeing this shit live. Like you're seeing this guy work a room, work a crowd, and and really like show you how comedy is supposed to be done. And I mean, I mean, there's something to say for that, you know. And but that guy put in the work, and he and he's done everything up to that point to where he could be in a theater to do that work, and. I think a lot of the times we think like we can skip um skip the line a little bit because of the internet. 
so like me and my homie Vic were talking about this too because we have another favorite comic um which is this guy named Fahim Anwar now dude Fahim is I think one of the best joke writers in stand-up right now like he does I would almost compare him to like uh He's almost like a Mitch Hedberg style, not necessarily because Mitch Hedberg was so jokey. But I honestly, I, I need that in stand up. Like too much talking and too much like storytelling in stand up, you'll lose me because there's just, there's too many like things to focus on and remember when you're talking. But dudes who can just like give you a joke, like that's why I like Anthony Jeselnik, another comedian who's like, his jokes are short and sweet, but they're perfect. They're like 15 seconds long, if that maybe 20 sometimes but you get the setup you get the punch you get the laugh it's it's great and so Fahim does that too he's very like his jokes are very like 15 to 20 seconds long not very long but it but they're funny the whole thing is like it's got to get you it's got to like just you know grab you and laugh but when you're there waiting for five minutes and you're going along for a ride that's fine too but man those those short sweet ones I I love dude and and so Fahim's a great I think he's one of the greatest comedy writers right now, but he's so unknown because he doesn't tour as much as like, say this, you know, this guy, Sam real, like Sam is always on the road. He's doing the work. He's getting new fans. I mean, you, you talk about a comedy show, you, somebody could bring you and you have no idea who the person is. And then from there, you've got an instant fan. And, and it's crazy because you see the difference in, in, uh, in growth when it comes to like say sam who's already doing theaters and another guy fahim who's like he's doing well i mean he i don't think he's hurting but he could be doing so much better and that's ultimately what i would like for like uh you know the 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 artists that i'm into even when it comes to like bands and stuff like i get stoked off of uh like bands that you know in the correct way utilize shit like i've talked about that band slow joy these guys now they're on a tour they got on a tour with uh some epitaph people which is i'm so fucking stoked for them because and they don't even know me they don't even know this podcast but the the thing what i like because i tend to hate a lot of shit (laughs) not hate but i just kind of find a lot of things annoying and i'm just like okay whatever and typically i would find posting a lot very annoying like but these guys did it in a very cool way a way that i was like this this is awesome because it's not too hey uh, listen to my music but also it kind of gave you like a like a little i don't know like it was funny it was good i don't know it was it was it was perfect in my opinion so them utilizing the internet like that i mean it worked out for them in a, in a huge way like they got this stardom that i don't think a lot of i think a lot of people chase but fall short because they're just like well i'm just gonna send something out every day and although that's fine it's also like but is it good is it funny? Does it grab the attention? And and that band did that, I feel like. And so Fahim has this whole like internet presence. Um, but he's just I feel like he's just not blowing up as big as he should be. I mean, the dude is funny, man. I got to say, like, it, it, if you do like comedy, look him up, Fahim Anwar. Um, and I, I don't know, man, I think he's one of the funniest dudes out there. But I think his work ethic probably needs to change. He needs to be on that fucking road because he could be, you know, one of the greatest. Like, I think Sam and, and his, his homie Mark Norman are on their way to being, you know, up there with, with, as far as like top comedians go. But, you know, it, it's just like anything, man. You got to put in the work. And it's, it's funny to hear comedians talk on podcasts. I mean, dude, that's my that's my shit. Like, I, I love comedy. I love comedians like the, the way they are. It's just hilarious. And hearing them talk about like, there's some you can tell where like they just they knew what they wanted to do they had the plan they did it and then others were just like i don't know i just go out there and i just do it and then some of them just like like a kramer type like they'll fall back on their ass but hit thousands you know like oh i just went here to this one venue this happened and i blew up and and they weren't putting in the work but they just right time right place and it just happened you know but yeah all that to be like dave season three you know (laughs) it got very like comedy heavy but you know fucking go find your own jokes guys but it was a decent season i don't know uh but those motherfuckers would always be stealing i'm assuming jokes like writers and producers on shows and it sucks it sucks for them man because it's like it's like intellectual property 
but it's kind of hard because it's like who's to say who came up with the joke first, right? But I don't know. I don't know if they'll ever figure that out, like a trademark on a joke, you know? Like, how would that even go? <laughs> Man, I got pulled over by a cop. Um, well, a state trooper, actually. And, you know, I, I get pulled over, like, once every two years or something for some dumb shit that I, I pretend not to know. And it's crazy because, like, I don't know, like, I get it, people and cops don't mix or whatever, and so I got pulled over, and he told me what I was getting pulled over for, and I was like, like, I sort of, I half knew, but then, you know, I really didn't, it was like, it was like 50-50, I was playing dumb, and the other 50, I was, you know, but I was, <laughs> the funny thing is, though, first off, the guy, the state trooper, I think was younger than me, at least by if not five years, like four, very, very close. And I was like, ah, this is so weird. I'm calling him sir, but I think he's younger than me, dude. (laughs) The dude had like fresh acne too. I was like, shit, he's going through it right now. And, uh, I mean, he was cool, you know, but again, he had to assert that like, he had to, like, I feel like he's not the same person he is with the uniform on versus off, but you know, you got to, you got to assert dominance, I guess. And, but you know, if anything, I was just like, all right, man, like, you know, I, I'm a show respect. Cause I'm not trying to, you know, do be stupid or, you know, <laughs> like I wasn't immediately trying to pull out my phone, but I'm recording you and this is legal. So you have to let me, you know, I wasn't, I was just like, I was kind of curious why he was pulling me over. And, and I got that feeling. I don't know if you know that feeling, but it's like when you see a cop behind you, you're like, oh, you're going to pull me over. Like, I don't know. And I just knew. And he did. And uh, I was just kind of like, yeah, okay. I know why you're pulling me over, but it's like, come on, you know? But I get it. Like, state troopers are probably going to pull you over for almost any little thing. Um, I was just funny, though, dude. He was younger than me. I was called him sir. <laughs> I was like, I think I'm older than you, man. But, you know, he was cool. I wasn't going to flip out, man. I wasn't going to do anything crazy. And um, it just makes me think, like, all the videos I see now, you know, I don't know, man. Like, it's hard to say, like, because videos only give you the, the moment, like, seconds before shit jumps off. And... Or people start recording when they start to feel, like, kind of tense. So they some people do start recording, like, uh, almost immediately. But, like, I feel like if you have to record, that means, like, you're going to do something, I feel like. You know, why would you turn it on otherwise? Like, I understand that, like, people are like, I want to have record of of the stop and all this and whatever. But for the most part of my understanding, like, a lot of, like, local police have body cams, but... That's such bullshit, though, dude, with the body cams. Like, why are they able to turn off? Like, I get it. For the, I would say, like, have that shit turn off at the end of shift for, like, charging purposes. But, like, dude, if any cop... It should, I don't even know. It's so crazy how meticulous they are with laws. That there should even be a law that if a cop turns his body cam off, immediately any... And this is in my fucking... In my humble opinion... That if a cop turns his body cam off during a stop or during something where where a charge was brought on or an altercation, dude, there, there's got to be some sort of reduced sentencing there or whatever. Because it's like, how are we supposed to know? And I get it. You know, cops were existing and, and situations existed before body cams. But, dude, how crooked were those cops with where there was no evidence of anything? You know, they were planning drugs. They were uh, taking bribes. They were doing everything, everything illegal under the sun. And... And so now with the body cams, it should be like, you don't turn this shit off until you finish your shift. And, uh, like, cause you know, recently, not recently, but I've seen this cop got busted for planning drugs on like multiple people and all his cases got thrown out. And that's, that's good because it's like, uh, cause this, he was trying to make Sergeant or whatever the next step is. And he wanted to get promoted to another division. So he like planted drugs on people to move him, his arrests up. And it's like, such a bullshit thing that they incentivize to make arrests. Like, it should be, like, if somebody is breaking the law, fucking do it. And obviously, if you have erratic people who who can't, 
you know, who maybe like a like a traffic stop. If they're super erratic and they need to be calmed, okay, calm them, but like fucking arrest them, like give them a little mace to the face, you know, dude. I think a lot of people would rather take mace to the face than than a couple nights in jail. I mean, straight up, if a guy, dude, that's what they should start doing. They're like, look, you got pulled over with, I don't know, let's call it like like an ounce of weed. All right, I can give you this ticket. It's going to cost you $500, maybe, yeah, $500 plus court fees, plus all this shit. Or I hit you with mace. Dude, I, I guarantee you a lot of stoners would be like, dude, I'll take that fucking mace to the face. The money you're going to save on just taking the mace to the face is so much better. I feel like, look, I stopped you. You ran a red. Take this ticket or get this mace. I'm like, how long is it going to hurt for? Like a couple hours. I'm like, a couple hours. All right, pull up to my house, maybe so I can get, like, you know, my water hose ready, all that shit. Why not, dude? Fuck it. <laughs> Luckily, I got I got off of the warning. And uh, at that, I, I didn't even get a written warning because his computer was down. So it worked out, man. I mean, look, I was cool during the stop. I was just um, I was just being respectful. And I, I'm like, man, how do people, like, already jump down the throat of the cop for, for – and nothing's even being said, like – Gave the dude my ID, like, it's whatever. But I almost feel like like people don't want to do that because they're like, oh, I'm fucked. So I'm going to try to get out of it by, by crying, you know, or, like, by throwing a tantrum. It's like, when has that ever helped, you know? I don't know. Just thought I'd bring it up on you. I, I don't get pulled over a lot. I mean, your boy's a, a decent driver, but, you know, every now and then I, <laughs> I, I, I'll do uh, more than the speed limit or... In this case, I had, like, uh, whatever. I was towing stuff that was too long outside the tailgate. but And it, well, the, the the solution to it was, like, oh, just put a red little flag at the end of it. And I was like, oh, that's it? Like, that's how you avoid a ticket? Like, that's that's insane. Or I could have taken Mace to the face, you know? Anyways. Um, I'm going to wrap up the pot here, man, pretty soon. But uh, I was watching... I was watching Can't Hardly Wait, and... Dude, Ken Harley Waits, one of my favorite movies. It's just, I don't even know if I saw it in theaters. I think that came out like 97. Maybe I did. I want to say I did. But I know I definitely obviously watched it after. And it's one of my favorite movies, dude, because not a lot of people, not a lot of directors or movies can do a hangout movie perfect. You know, like Dazed and Confused did it. Uh, Can't Harley Wait. It's just a movie based on like a night, a moment. And, and then you have multiple stories going at the same time. And dude, Ken Hardly Wait does that. I thought amazingly. It's it's fucking good. It's my favorite, dude. And you know, of course, like uh, the lead is like a guy who has this one chance to 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 get this girl's attention before he leaves. It's everything. It's everything you thought would happen in real life, but it doesn't really happen, you know. In real life, a lot of the times, the geek doesn't get the girl, you know. In this case, but those movies in the '90s was like. You know, sometimes the geek one, or mostly, maybe always, I guess, right? Because nobody wants to see the jock win, because we already know the jock wins in real life, sometimes. But uh, it's cool. You know, I like this movie just because, like, the dude who plays Preston, he was geeky enough, but, I mean... And what's funny is, like, Jennifer Love Hewitt, in real life, dated guys just like him. It's like, you, th- you would think, like, at the time, dude, Jennifer Love Hewitt... Oh my god, man, was fucking to me like the hottest thing in the nineties. Like when you when you talk about like first crushes, it was like yes, the Pink Ranger, you know, you you had that and then but dude Jennifer LeFew in the nineties, oh my god. Ear my gosh, dude, like it was everything, you know? And and watching this movie, I was like, God damn, dude, look at her. And funny enough though, like it really isn't about her, you know, she has like now that I realize that she didn't have that many lines, she it was almost like this guy was the whole movie was built up around what the guy felt about her, you know, like the feeling of it. And she I thought she played a way bigger role than she did, but really she was just kind of there in and out, you know. And um and then one of the scenes you kind of find out that she felt like she was like invisible or like nerdy until she moved to this town into this school and then the high the football high school the high school football fucking quarterback wanted to date her so then everybody 
you know, then everybody got her attention because she was like, oh, she was on the arm of this guy. But she was like, but now that I'm not like, am I anybody? And it's cool. It, it like it gives you like those high school, those classic high school tropes that everybody falls into, you know, as you're figuring yourself out. I mean, dude, Seth Green plays a fucking killer white guy pretending to be like a gangster. Like, man, he, he delivers one of the best lines, which is damn why y'all trying to waste my flavor you know and i mean seth green killed it on that one dude and everything about that movie is perfect like you had all the cameos from the 90s people you had uh what's her name sabrina the teenage witch melissa joan hart in there you had early uh homegirl from the faculty that was in there the real like disturbed one you had uh what's her face dude i don't know there's a lot of like Oh, these people all went on to become, like, serious actors and stuff. They got big breaks. I mean, most of the people in there, like, had very successful careers. So it was it was really cool to see, like, where it all started for most of these people. And uh, I don't know, man. Dude, Can't Hardly Wait is definitely one of my... It's, like, my top, dude. The soundtrack is good. And, and it's... Dude, and... Because, <laughs> obviously, that shit came out when I was seven. And so, seven and on... Growing up, I was always like, man, this is what a high school party could be like. And then I go to my f- first high school party. And I'm like, this is nothing like Can't Hardly Wait, but almost. You know what I mean? There was, there is, because there's so many groups that go and then like different shit is happening and people are getting into nonsense in every single room. And, and then like at my first party, I fucking, I'm like the klepto kid in Can't Hardly Wait. I fucking, st- I stole a CD from the the CD book of somebody like I was already kind of drunk and high and I was I don't know I was out of it but I was like oh man I love this CD and I just pocketed it and then I woke up the next morning found the CD in my pocket I was like all right cool and I still have that CD to this day in my book my CD of books that, that, that nobody ever fucking like I, I never opened that thing but I know I saw it last time I did and I was like cool memory dude and uh yeah dude like those the there is a thing about high school parties that's like that but ultimately you know uh, for some reason like a lot of the high school parties that I was going to or would go to always seem to get raided but I always got lucky and I either left before it happened or uh or I didn't go to it and they're like oh yeah like there was this one I was supposed to go to where shit dude apparently the the cops that went were like, today, we've got time, dude. And they wrote every single person in the house, a minor in possession or an MIP of alcohol, dude. Every, like, 200 fucking people got MIPs. I was like, holy shit, dude. If I'd went, I would have got one. And I, I don't even know why I didn't go. It was just, I just didn't feel like it. There's a, a lot of things in my life I've escaped. People are like, oh, you're lucky. I'm like... Nah, I just didn't feel like going, man. <laughs> They're like, what made you, like, not go there or skip that? I was like, I just didn't feel like leaving. <laughs> that's that's my that's my luck, dude. It's just like, I just didn't feel like going, man. <laughs> but anyways, man, that's going to do it for me for this week, dude. I appreciate you guys listening again, once again. Uh, and uh, if you're listening to this on any platform, obviously, whatever that platform has, you do... Go ahead and do it for your boy, man. Leave a review. Leave a a five-star review, one-star review, whatever you got to do, whatever you felt like it was. Uh, Anything helps, man. I I think. I think this is uh, is how we get your boy moving up in the charts. So, um, yeah, man, leave a review, a five-star review, whatever you got to do, and uh, see you next week. Later.